Good evening and welcome to the Carolina Weather Group for Wednesday, July the 5th, 2017. You've caught us all in the middle of a chuckle because if you are a frequent listener to this podcast, and I presume any other podcast that uses Google Hangouts to bring its group together, it likes to surprise us each and every week with just how long it will take to go live after Shay Gibson hits go, and then we just sit patiently for anywhere from two to... 15 seconds. So uh, we are glad you were with us uh, this week. Uh, happy belated 4th of July. We are live on YouTube. And uh, for those of you joining us on our enhanced simulcast on Facebook and Periscope, uh, we also have a number of uh, kind of uh, severe thunderstorms, a few strong ones out there as well across North and South Carolina. So you may notice some of those scrolling at the bottom of the screen if you are, in fact, joining us on Facebook or on Periscope. And of course, if you're on any one of our platforms tonight, uh, you can use the comments feature right there on social media to ask your questions. Our guest is John Ziegler, the new chief meteorologist at Fox 46 Television, WJZY, here in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we will be bringing him on in just a few minutes to get to know him and welcome him into the Carolinas. Uh, and of course, if you are listening to our podcast on uh, Google Play or the iTunes Store, uh, you can always find John on social media to ask him a question at a later time. But let's uh, bring in our panelists this week. We'll go north to south and we'll start with Peter in New Jersey to find out how his 4th of July was, Peter. Uh, not too bad. It was, uh, weather was okay. We had, uh, mostly sunny skies, but then of course, by the afternoon, we had those pop-up storms that just want to sit there and linger and not move. So that probably ruined a few plans for people, but luckily I did not get hit with that. Uh, and then we had a fireworks show at nine o'clock over here and it decided to downpour and uh, they had to end the show early because the fire marshal was getting all mad in the township. So we didn't have a great fireworks show this year, but we still have fireworks, so that's all that matters. Uh, the next couple of days, not looking too bad either. We're going to be in the 80s, kind of cool, a couple showers here and there tomorrow, maybe Friday, and then the weekend looks good again. And, uh, you know, we'll watch that potential tropical thing going on there. I'll let Shay talk about that a little <laughs> later. But, uh, yeah, so all things have been pretty quiet around here, nothing two major going on so all is good that is good that's good uh, let's go uh to the tennessee mountain area where we got ricky who i think is uh, just a little bit further north than scotty so we'll go to ricky to find out how his fourth was and also uh ricky understand you were watching a rocket launch not uh but maybe half an hour ago yeah spacex successfully launched their falcon 9 rocket after a few scrubs so uh most people know i'm a giant nerd in both weather and space so that's some cool stuff that uh happened there and uh Speaking of rockets, let's check out uh, something new that came out today. You guys probably haven't even seen this yet. This is the uh, GO-16 Geostationary Lightning Mapper data. Just got released in what's called beta format today. Uh, so here's some of the data over the past, I think it's about an hour and a half or so, of uh, some of the lightning flashes from GO-16 and GLM. So some cool data there. And uh, fourth wasn't too bad. We had a few fireworks displays in our area that I think man, I think all of them could manage to get off, actually. I was MC for the Bristol fireworks, um, and it rained. So what else do you expect when a meteorologist shows up and uh, MC's fireworks, I guess? But uh, they didn't boot me too badly, just a little bit, and uh, had a fun time regardless. So. Well, it was nice of you to show up not empty-handed, bringing those uh, rain showers with you. And uh, somebody else who I think had a, a wet and stormy 4th of July was Scotty up in the uh, North Carolina foothills. Kept looking at that radar last night, Scotty, and it seemed to be uh, fairly persistent at times. Yeah, we've uh, we've we've been in it with uh, thunderstorms all around. I mean, yesterday, today, Monday. So it's been a stormy period here in the foothills. Several damage reports coming out of the uh, McDowell, Burke, Caldwell uh, County areas today with some damage and winds. So always a fun time here in the Western Carolinas in the summertime with those pulse type severe storms. But uh, the Fourth of July was halfway decent. Started off a fairly sunny. Had a few uh, thunderstorms roll through, but by 8, 9 o'clock, it all cleared out. Fireworks were uh, able to uh, go off without uh, any major hiccups. So overall, it's a, a fairly decent 4th of July. And, uh, you know, we're just enjoying the rain. Uh, interesting stat. I don't know if you saw this, James, or you, Ricky, or even John. Uh, we were talking about uh, the rainfall in Charlotte last year. Uh, for the entire summer period was 6.9 inches. And we've already surpassed that with a month and a half left of meteorological summer. So uh, that just kind of shows you how dry it was last year and how wet it's been so far this year. So uh, I wouldn't mind having a few sunny days with, uh, with, with thunderstorms, but I don't think that's coming for a while. My uh, neighbor and I would agree our backyard that we share uh, in our 
community here is just kind of one big area of mud. Not the greatest drainage, but like you said, we've gotten plenty of rain, quite the surplus building up, especially compared to last year's uh, dry summer. And it, it seems like no end uh, in sight, uh, not immediately looking at the radar. Like you said, quite a few showers and storms still across the region tonight. Uh, what about you, Shay? How are things along the, the coastline there at Charleston? Hot and steamy here, man. I'm telling you, it's hot. It's, we, we've got heat indices about 100 to 105 each day and from here on out for several days to come without any reprieve until maybe Sunday, Monday, when we get a cold front to come through the area. But even then, the Bermuda High setup is so uh, structured that uh, the front goes through what's called frontalysis, where it sort of just breaks down. Fronts come to die here in the southeast this time of the year. And we're hoping to get some cloud cover and some reprieve from the heat because we're getting low to mid 90s. We had 96 degrees today just before five o'clock and humidity factors are up 60 to 72 percent. So, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty uncomfortable outside. I got to say, Fourth of July was great. Uh, I was driving and have any thunderstorms over the Charleston area. There were some inland where you could see some uh, inland fireworks in the, in the clouds a lot, which was pretty cool. But uh, overall, pretty good fireworks shows here. Everybody had a good time. Uh, if you could just beat the heat, stay cool and hydrated. Uh, we'll be all right for the next few days. Uh, if you're looking to, I'm going to share the screen. If you're looking to get some um, comfort by jumping into the ocean, you probably won't get very much because look at those sea surface temperatures. We're approaching almost 85 degrees out there, uh, 84.1 to 85 degrees along the shelf waters and even out into the Gulf of Mexico. So we're not really getting a whole lot of relief on the heat out there. And this is that time of the year. It is July. Uh, it, we're lucky that we don't have a strong ridge built over the Appalachian Mountains to draw that heat even higher. Uh, we've seen that before where we get high temperatures into the 100s and heat indices up near 120. So we're kind of fortunate uh, for that. As far as tropics, if, if you guys wanted to hear a little bit about the tropics, there was some, uh, there's, there's a little bit of hype about Invest 94L, which the National Hurricane Center had this up to a 70 to 70% chance next 48 hours, 80% chance next five days. That was yesterday. As of this morning, they started coming down on the numbers. Now we're down to a 60 60 ratio on that. And I'll go ahead and show you the Sims. This is the rainbow loop from Sims uh, tropical cyclones. You can kind of see this is just a small blob out there. It has a little bit of convection trying to get <clears throat> wrapped around a core. The, the wave axis is sort of tilted from uh, basically southeast to northwest. And it doesn't look like the system really has a lot to go on. And that's because of the Saharan air layer, which is providing a lot of dry air. Let me see if I can get that aloft right here. Here we go. So uh, this is Saharan dust that's suspended aloft, these oranges and reds up here. These are at the mid-levels, which tends to not allow for storms or tropical cyclones to develop. Now, you see ahead of this system where it's sort of patchy, and it's been that way for a few days, but you can see this large tongue of Saharan dust coming in from the east and the northeast that's going to be really enveloping the system aloft. Plus, it has some upper shear ahead. I don't really see this system making it very far. I think that there was some concern for the southeast coast at one point, but it doesn't look like the system's really going to have a lot to go on. Uh, some of the spaghetti plots took this system over towards the Bahamas in time, but you know, with, with the, the expected weakness of the system, it's going to be hard to even say that it could even hold up. So sort of my, my synopsis for the system is going to be that it, um, it'd be lucky to get a name, and if it's going to be named, it will be done. Uh, they were expecting that within the next 24 to 48 hours. So if it doesn't happen by tomorrow, it may not happen at all. The, the wave may drift over towards the Bahamas. It may hold together as a small compact system. It does have a decent moisture shield wrapped around it. Uh, so we'll just have to keep watching it. But it's, it's so far out that it's no concern for the southeast region. There's no, nothing to be worrying about right now. Back to you, James. Thank you, Shay. Yeah, and if Cindy wasn't a reminder for the Gulf Coast, that maybe this invest, whether it gets the name done or not, is just a nice reminder to all of us along the East Coast that it is, in fact, hurricane season. And then every so often, we should pull up that hurricanes.gov website and see exactly what may or may not be out there. So thank you for that uh, analysis, Shay. Uh, we want to welcome in our guest. As we mentioned, uh, John Ziegler is uh, new to the Charlotte area. Uh, or, or John, I guess not that new anymore, right? You've been here for a couple well, weeks now. Uh, we're happy to have you on the show, and uh, how are you liking the Queen City so far? Well, thank you guys for joining me. Uh, let me come on the show. Well, I've, all right, I don't know when the word new runs out, okay? That's a great question. Mm, I feel like I, there's so some been, radio stations that I listen to who have been new for like two years now, so. Okay. All right, so I'll be new for a long time. I've been here six weeks. Um, me and the wife, 
we love it. I got a four month old with us. So it's been probably the craziest five months of my entire life, moving a infant across country and we didn't get our stuff for an entire month. So that was insane. But is there a backstory there? It sounds like there might be a backstory. We got half of it. We got, okay. We got like 75% of our stuff. And the other 25% is lost. Oh, no. Still lost? Still, yeah, it's just gone. Well, as long so as you make that like, home away from home for the baby, then you're okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got the crib, so we're good. I'm going to put an APB out to anyone who's listening. If you see John's uh, stuff, uh, please return to him uh, please. at the TV station. I know it. So, uh, no, other than that, I mean, Charlotte's awesome. Um, I did, no, I've lived in the Midwest. So the Southeast is definitely more like you're going to wear the weather every day. So, you know, mowing the lawn, you get sweaty like five minutes here, you know, and I'm not used to that. So, but besides that, I am a fisherman diehard and I have a boat on Lake Wiley and I fish at least three days a week and I love it. This is, this is a good uh, place for that. If you like the fishing, like being out in the lake. Uh, it's a, a nice region where you can get close to the water. Yes. Maybe, maybe not necessarily the ocean, whether or not, you know, we're, we're a little distance from that, but we kind of got that, the perks of being inland, but also the perks of having that nice giant man-made lake. Uh, I love it. In our backyard. Uh, I like the storms too. The storms. Yeah. They've yeah. been greeting you nonstop. It seems. But that's what I'm used to from the, you know, uh, Joplin Springfield. So obviously I'm used to storms and I can't, I come here and I'm thinking, ah, summertime's going to be quiet, right? That's what normally you think quiet, but I'm loving it every night. There's a chance for storms and it's always keeping you on your toes. So it's been, uh, that's been fun. I've actually enjoyed that. That's been really good. So, you know, at the radar late, over late. your shoulder. And I think there's some more action rolling in. Yeah. I keep, uh, I keep looking over here. There you go. Oh yeah. There you go. You got you got Lake Norman, Lake, Lake Norman to the south or southwest, right? And then that doesn't that uh, help accentuate some of the storms that come through there? I have heard you know, this, but where I need a research paper. Where do I find one? That's exactly Someone what I was just going to ask. Look up Lake Reising and Lake Norman. Okay. Good old good old Google. Uh, John, you mentioned you came from from Springfield. Uh, yep. And you were telling us before the show that you're from uh, Duluth. So uh, we were we were joking that, yeah, we're in the heat of summer right now, but come snow time, you will be ready. Oh, licking my chops. If that, no, like the only, like this is a true story. The only reason I do what I do today is because I love snow so much. And it got me into the industry. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a reason why they're in the industry. Mine is snow forecast. I just love it. It's kind of like a hurricane, but on land, right? You're watching it for like five days or six days, <laughs> and everyone talks about it like, oh, there's like a – it might break off in, in Colorado. Yeah, you know. So I like Colorado low, big snow systems that come up up the Midwest. It, 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 I fell in love with uh, I fell in love with those. So, yes, I'm ready for snow. Bring it on. Directly, directly into the next question you have to ask every weatherman is when did you fall in love with weather well i was probably as soon as i could talk um i told my mom when i was six i was going to be a meteorologist on tv and then they they just you know sure sure you will but i um yeah i used to watch weather channel every day it's when i was six and i if it if it, all right so in minnesota i grew up in minneapolis and in the wintertime, if it ever got above 32 degrees, I would cry. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, because I had like every town has like 15 ice skating rinks outside, right? So if it gets above 32, you can't skate for a week. You're in for a very warm uh, winter then. <laughs> hey, Ricky, Ricky. How long do you give John, what, let's say this first winter and then he'll be tired of snow here in the southeast? Yeah. Has he been inside the wedge yet? Because <laughs> when you get in Charlotte, all right, here's what happens. Your station will be plowed in with snow. Ooh. And down there in South Charlotte, there'll be nothing. And the metro in Uptown will probably end up with like a mixture of crap, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and everyone will just yell at you because they say it didn't snow. Listen, this is this is the sleet the sleet capital of the world. Sleet mm. get 
is what we've had in Charlotte before. We've had That's two legit. inches of sleet before. That's legit. That's a big sleet storm. Yeah. You still have to get through the summer, though. I mean, you, you still got to get through the heat, the Piedmont heat up there. You're going to be a human coat hanger for the next couple of months. <laughs> My wife is miserable with that. My wife loves rain and likes cold, but uh, so I brought her to Charlotte. Well, she'll love the winter. She'll love those wedges then. 38, 36 degrees with a heavy rain. You're just like, man, if there's a couple more degrees, we'd have all snow. So, uh, here's the thing, though. I, I can't wait for winter because I'm older now. Snowing every day is awesome when you're 11, but when you're like an adult and you have to do adulting, it's, you know, it's not awesome anymore. So the wintertime, like 40s and 50s, I mean, you can't complain with that. That's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's why Charlotte has so many transplants from the north, is that exact reason you just described. With with no insult meant to Florida, you still kind of get all four seasons here, but it's yes. very comfortable. You get all four seasons in one week. One day, possibly. <laughs> you know what? That is a true story. And uh, if we are regaling John with stories, my sister goes to school in upstate New York. She was here in March. It snowed in the morning, and kid you not, it was 70 degrees and sunny in the afternoon. It was really the second Saturday in March this year. Yeah, this March we had snow and pollen all in the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? Right. It was yellow snow, but that, not right. the yellow snow. <laughs> well, it's bad yellow. Isn't yellow snow bad? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime it is, yes. Anytime, yes. Uh, that's what mom always told me growing up. It's, it's the only thing I remember. Yellow snow is bad snow. So, John, how long were you in in Springfield? What, how how long was your? Uh, okay. Yep, I was there three years. Okay. Um. So Duluth for three years, then Springfield for three years, and um, it, I I mean, going from Duluth, where you have if you have a severe thunderstorm once a year in your viewing area, it is like Armageddon, and then I went to Springfield where nobody cares if there's a severe thunderstorm. It's only tornado warnings that people care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, and, and most of the time you're going to get tornado warnings. If you have a marginal threat in spring, you're going to have five tornado warnings. It's just, you know, just with the sheer in the middle of the country. Um, I mean, you just, we get so many mesoborts and tornadoes and I don't know. I just, I've, <clears throat> I loved it because it, it really, it taught me to be a well-rounded meteorologist. Now I don't know ton about hurricanes i'm reading up on it but i think living in springfield for three years was uh huge for just me as a meteorologist going going off of that um and i'm sorry james i didn't mean to step in here but no you're fine scotty um, go right ahead you know springfield being close to joplin obviously you you wasn't there in joplin during 2011 yeah. but i'm sure you know be, living there you you've heard all kinds of stories and stuff what, what kind of stands out from that day to you all right, so I did a two, well, it was six years ago. So a year ago, I did a five-year reunion story. You know, I, that was like my sweeps package for the, you know, sweeps month. I went out and I was like, I want to do like a deep story out of Joplin. And I I just, it is, if, if you've never been there, you go there today and it is just like a bomb went off still today. I mean, yeah. it is like a nuclear bomb went off and it's like, I was standing in a parking lot and it was still just vacant and you were in the middle of town. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's really creepy. And, and I, I interviewed a lot of people talked to just, I think just listen to a woman's story about like, she has a picture of her like standing in her house and obviously she, she somehow survived and there's no roof on her house. There's nothing on her house. And, and, it, and I think what's wild is I see, I see these stories a lot you know, with a lot of damage, with like one house being damaged or maybe five houses, but for an entire town to just get mopped to the floor, just mopped up with a tornado is just insane. So I don't know, there's, there's so many memories, but I think the wildest one is nothing, it, you, you can still see a giant scar in that town right now. You can go drive through it right now. So, wild. Yeah, I was, uh, I was there a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, you can just look, it was near the, where the hospital was and, and there's just blank, slabs of, of just concrete there nothing you know nothing there so 
you know, breeze, you know, you could still see it from the trees and stuff, you know, if the, if the trees could talk and, and they had stories, it would be amazing just to, to hear. That's a good point. Yeah, I think the trees, I think uh, one of the coolest shots I have, like when we're doing the stories, you're driving down just like a normal street and there's trees and, and then it's just like somebody just like, boom, there's like this wall and you're on the same street and then there's no trees at all. Like forest, no trees. You know, it's crazy. It's great. It's scary, actually. So, how how was uh, and Ricky could probably jump in and James as well because they they both have TV experience. How was how is covering severe weather out there? You know, um, you know, here in the Carolinas, we we normally just do tornado warnings. You see the OKC, OKC Metro, and it's game on. You know, it's wall to wall right. for twelve hours. How how was it in the Springfield market? All right, so here's how it works in Springfield. Um, we tend to get a uh, like this year they had like 75 tornado confirmed tornadoes in our viewing area, which was was a lot for us. So how it works is this is about 80 or 90 percent of our events in Springfield uh, went like this. We are about 100 miles from Tulsa and Wichita, and so the big supercells develop out there at around four to seven o'clock. They turn it the low level jet kicks on we all know this the low-level jet strengthens at nighttime and what happens with those storms is they weaken into a squall line at like 10 p.m they hit the joplin area and then they move to springfield around 11 or midnight and then they enter that squall line interacts with the low-level jet it happens all the time and what you get is when you have such a strong low-level jet and low forcing low-level forcing you get 15 tornadoes on a squall line and they're like half of them are gust nados. So we'll have tornado warnings on a on a squall line from 9 p.m. until 4 a.m. You know, and I'll be live. I can't tell you how many eight-hour shifts I did in the middle of the night. Tons all the time. So and that's, then you were the that's exactly. So you had to keep yes, going, right? But yeah. So what happened is um, we did like a trade-off. So I'd come in at midnight, but like. Obviously, you know, I go to bed at nine and wake up at midnight and you're like, man, this stinks. I got to be up. And then you get in, you walk into the station and it's like on, you know, like this wall to wall coverage. It's just lights are on and you just instantly go from like a slumber to just like, bam. And then I'll be live from midnight to four. I probably did that 15 times this year. So. Wow. That's amazing. So you'll fit right here in Charlotte, where we often have nighttime nocturnal tornadoes at two in the morning. Uh, that nice. sometimes have warnings on them, sometimes don't. Um, you may or may okay. not on radar. So okay, yeah, that's that's the other trick is like, um, do you guys get a lot of like gust NATO mesovort type tornadoes here? Yeah, we have a, a lot of QLCS spinups. Sure, um, that's probably our, our primary driven severe weather is those QLCS spinups. Um, Good. Last big tornado event, and if I forget one, let me know, guys, uh, was probably April 16th, 2011. Most of that happened east of Charlotte, uh, towards the Raleigh metro area, up into southeast Virginia, northeast North Carolina. Last big tornado in Charlotte, that was a supercell. I remember, Scotty? James? That was, um, it was just north of Charlotte, towards Harrisburg. Was yeah, it was an F3, I think. Yeah, it was the EF two or three, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah was that one in the same when they where they missed it because we couldn't see it on radar? No. It was in the radar hole? No, that was a QLCS spin up. Yeah. Uh, that ended up being an EF two. Uh, that ripped some homes apart. There was a two in the morning. That was the unwarned tornado warning uh, that the whole fiasco came from. That's how the Charlotte radar bill became a thing, and how they're working on getting a radar in Charlotte now. Is that going to happen? Um, it kind of got approved through the new house budget that was set up. Um, officially, the money isn't there yet, I think, but the steps are being taken through political action to eventually get it. So, Ricky, the priority has been the priority spots have been made for the country. How, how many spots are there in Charlotte? Obviously, it sounds like it's been pushed to the top. How many other spots were there do, that you know? What of? I understand what the bill did was require them to do a study on the areas that would need coverage. 
And there was a certain criteria that had to be met to need coverage. And Charlotte would have met that criteria. Uh, so now I think we're waiting on the results of that survey or uh, research to come back and then they'll push to get the actual funding for the radars and everything. That's good to know. That's good to hear that Charlotte's been bumped to the top of that list. That's that's uh, long overdue for that metropolitan area. Wow, that's know, that's good, good to hear. Charlotte and Columbus, Ohio, are two of the main metropolitan areas mm. that that are under consideration. Is there another one in Oklahoma? Columbus does have another. Um, I'm, uh, Oklahoma's got radars everywhere. I mean, you just look over the horizon and you see about seven of them. You're like, come yeah. on. <laughs> I, somebody can somebody can fact check the actual numbers on me because I don't have the bill in front of me. But I think in spirit, the the idea was if you are more than seventy miles from a radar, like a level two full blown National Weather Service radar, and you have a population of more than a million, you'd be qualified for the study, right? I believe so. I think so. Something along those lines. And John, miles. Yeah, we're getting close here in Charleston. Then <laughs> we have one that's. I think just about at that 60 or 70 mile range, but yeah, I mean, we, we get it at about, I think at about 4,000 or 5,000 feet here. We get it at like eight. Yeah. Yep. And John, we're talking about tornadoes and, and Ricky and James will have to help me out here at the, the correct term, but uh, there's been two tornadoes that's hit the, is it the Microsoft building in Charlotte, Ricky? Yeah, um, I think it's the Microsoft they, building. Two tornadoes have hit the same building within like two years apart. So uh, when it comes to December, you just want to watch that area in southwest Charlotte. So. Okay. Just, just tell your news crews to set up there early in the afternoon and you'll be gold. It's crazy. Southwest Charlotte. Come on, I live in southwest Charlotte. <laughs> is, it, is it Microsoft or IBM? One of the two. I'm pretty it sure it's the Microsoft office. Microsoft, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, well, I got a question. I got a question for John. Um, I mean, you know, you're you're getting kind of acclimating the station. Show us your your kind of command center there, and, and I mean, we can see like one corner of it, but give us a little tour. I don't know if you can move your camera or not around or not, but tell sure. us what you do. What do what do you do on a daily basis there, and and like what what hours do you work? Are you the evening, daytime, and and sort of sure. give us the rundown of what you do every day. All right, here's what I do every single day. This is going to be uh, our weather center. We just have one in the studio, uh, in the studio, uh, excuse me, in the newsroom. So, like, we're in the newsroom right now. And um, then we have our big monitor. This is actually a touchscreen monitor. Um, this will go on TV 95% of the time when we have severe weather. That's the way we do it. <clears throat> we use touchscreen. Big reason for that is the system that we have is barren. Um, but it's it's four it's like a four year old system, so it's it's set up with touchscreen. The new Baron system that we might get is set up with green screen. But the big reason people always ask me why do you use touchscreen? It just it works with our system. Um, so we got a bunch of computers here. That's just a monitor. Got to look good, and um, lots of computers here. So the two in the back behind me, those are backup computers because it's TV, right? Got <laughs> backup. That's going to be my Baron system and those two uh, computers there. <clears throat> and then the one right in front of me here, that's where I'm going to do all my dirty work when it gets severe time. Um, come in here. I work 2 to 11 p.m. First thing I do, like every meteorologist, you do a forecast. Um, takes me a couple of hours. But when days like today happen and things go crazy, um, and I don't have I don't have a backup person today. It's, uh, it's it could be tough. You got to try to forecast and be on TV, and we're doing cut-ins at three o'clock, and so <clears throat> these are crazier days. Now it's like it's the holiday time. Usually I would have um, another meteorologist with me, and that person can work on building like sexy graphics, you know. And uh, I could tend to work on the forecast or go on TV if I need to. But yeah, I work six p.m. 6 p.m. Uh, news and then 10 p.m. coming up here in an hour and a half. So Fox, we're an hour early, which is kind of nice because I get to go to bed a little early, but still a weird shift. Still a weird shift. And do you do any radio broadcasting as well? Like some of the radio stations, do you do like do you chime in on, on the weather forecast with them and, and maybe go out through through some of the other uh, some of those other channels? Right. So I don't right now. Um, but where I came from in Springfield, that was a huge thing that we did. 
I was on like 25 broadcasts in Springfield. Um, that's something that we're going to get uh, implemented here. We have a couple of partnerships in radio, and I'm like, yes, I want to be on the radio. Let's go. I love radio. To be honest, radio is I, sometimes can be better than TV. It's it's raw. It's beautiful. It's it's honest. I just like radio. Um, so yeah, I want. Speaking of that, I want to get that going. Um, but no, not right now. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> Fox 46 new a new station. I've always worked in the past at old legacy stations. So I'm coming in here to Fox and, you know, uh, changing some stuff up. Uh, try to get, try to get a little more in the community, things like the radio. And, and I think that's my goal. And I hopefully can bring some experience from the Midwest with me here. That's a couple of the goals, but yeah, a couple of things we want to do. Big one is radio. Very so, cool. Now, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scotty. Uh, I was just I was just going to play off of that. John, you were more than meteorologist there in Springfield. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure what in Duluth if you were morning or evening. Morning. But what's been the morning? So what, what's been the biggest, biggest changes, you know, going from the morning to evening? I know the, the work schedule is a big change, but is there, has there been anything yeah. else? It's been a huge. <clears throat> it's been, it's the biggest change ever. I mean, you can't, um, I think in the mornings you can express yourself more. I'm a very upbeat, happy, normal guy. Um, I'm a weather geek, but I like to be normal. Like when I say normal, I mean like not as like sensationalized. I like to be more like, you know what I mean here? So in the mornings you can kind of just be like a normal person, right? But in the evenings it's a little bit more like Ron Burgundy, right? Like you're on a pedestal, talk down to the people, right? <laughs> So I'm not used to that. Um, I think that the biggest change has definitely been the schedule. I used to wake up at 2 a.m. and go home at 11. Now I work at 2 p.m. and go home at 11 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. So sometimes it feels like I'm just working. You get to go fishing? You get to go fishing I have in the morning gone fishing now? during the week a couple times. Surprisingly, I'm more tired now than I was getting four hours of sleep at night. What the heck? Um, Sign but, you up for a sleep study. Seriously, I think I'm. I think seven straight years of not sleeping, my body's like confused. But biggest change for sure is uh, the mentality of the news from the morning show to mentality of the news at night. Um, I don't. I used to be an almost like an anchor. I used to read stories and read. I'd read like fun poppy stories, and I had a dog on the air. So I mean, I went from being like this really flamboyant guy to like just just my geek side so i've had to cut out not totally you know i'm still me but i've had to cut out a lot of the antics as you will well maybe you can talk to nick coaster and rekindle that a little bit <laughs> man that guy that is if you watch me in my old station me and nick are literally the same people we're just That's crazy so we're gonna see we, we need more of it we need more of you guys out there really it's great right so that yeah i mean honestly that's what i'm trying to bring to tv is uh a down-to-earth but but also a weather geek at the same time kind of mentality like i always told my teachers in dynamics teach to me like i'm four years old because i don't know what the heck you're talking about and the teacher would have to dumb down dynamics for me to learn so that's what i try to do every single day People don't know what the heck vorticity is or what a low-level jet is. So I try to explain a low-level jet like putting gasoline into your car, you know, and the igniting and the, the starting engine is, you know, the drier air mass underneath the front. You know what I mean? Or the cooler air mass. So I try to I try to put things into perspective instead of just being in my own world. So that's kind of my mentality. And that, that's a good thing. You're talking about communication, you know, and – I love the, the the attitudes that you're taking about is kind of putting it in layman's terms. Uh, some folks yeah. don't do that uh, in the TV, you know, the TV weather right. world. Uh, what is your thoughts on communication? I think that's becoming a big thing. Not only is getting the forecast right, but now it's communicating those threats. Uh, obviously, you've had that experience in the Midwest with communicating threats of tornadoes and stuff. What do you think? Uh, how do you think communication plays into what you do every day? And then kind of talk about the social media aspect of it. Yeah, um, something I want to do um, <clears throat> once I get rolling here a little bit is I think I've lived in the Midwest where communication is has to be there because 
you know, we had Joplin. You know, the National Weather Service and the and the media had to go through Joplin. So I've seen Springfield office who runs Joplin. I've seen them go through the changes that you're talking about. How do we get this to the people? And what I want to implement here is a real relationship with the National Weather Service and the emergency management community. Um, I had emergency management contacts everywhere back in Springfield. I could call them on the phone. I knew them by name. Um, it was so easy to get, we could get data out instantly. Um, seems a little delayed here in the Charlotte area on just how fast that is. Obviously, unless you're Brad Panovich, that guy can get whatever. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, besides that, I, you know, I think that, I think that it's good to have a really close relationship with emergency management and the National Weather Service and uh, beefing up uh, the National Weather Service's social media. I think the National Weather Service holds uh, a, l a lot more power now than they used to with the potential of social media. And my old uh, National Weather Service used to go live on face on their face. They go live on their Facebook page. You know what I mean? And they'll stay live on there and show you what's going on in the National Weather Service, which kind of feels forbidden almost. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, some unique. of those guys, yeah, some of those guys, most of them, and they don't want to go on, on camera. Right. Uh, but you, now you have, uh, they were leaning more on Twitter for all these years. They've been more about Twitter than they have for Facebook because of uh, certain, I don't know, certain privileges. And Facebook's got a weird uh, sort of algorithm that they're not very, they're not big fans of. But the Facebook Live feature is is good. It's proving sure. worth worthwhile. But now they, they were using Periscope with Twitter and they still do every once in a while, especially with, with storm events. But see your reach with the public isn't as great with Twitter. So hence Facebook live. Right. And um, yeah, the weather service Charleston, I think, I don't know if they've done one. I have to go back and look. I don't think they've done any Facebook lives yet. They might be waiting for their, their senior to say, not let me go ahead and do it. But there's only like one or two people in that office. I would go live anyway. So. Right. And, and it's office to office. And, uh, but I, I mean, uh, I think, TV, obviously, we're going to Facebook, we're going to social media now, and that's eventually the world's going to go to <clears throat> permanent streaming. I mean, eventually, it's going to be, we're going to be on Netflix, right? It's going to be like, bing, your local news media, you have a tornado warning on Netflix, and you just click on it, right? That's what eventually needs to happen. I want it to get there, um, and that's what I think what needs to happen, and that could save a lot of lives. So who's going to do it? Who's going to get us rich? James. Well, John, you were on Facebook uh, Live earlier today, and I'm wondering uh, how has that been rewarding for you as a meteorologist in a market like Charlotte where, you know, I think one of the big keys here that we've touched upon is because of the radar and because of the setup, it's that community that really become your eyes and ears at times. It is. Um, obviously, I'm new to town, so I don't have the following like I've had back in Springfield. Um, Got to gain that. Got to gain the trust. Got to gain the following. But... Facebook Live and your community. I was talking about Brad Panovich. Brad couldn't do what Brad does without the community. So the community is our eyes, it's our ears. I know it sounds cliche, but you know what I mean? You you can't be, people, the emergency managers can't be everywhere. Police officers can't be everywhere. And uh, you, you so like when I'm on Facebook Live, I'm always talking to the people like, hey, you know, so, you, know you lost your power, send it to us so we can, you know, get a crew out there, better understand what's going on with this storm because the storm that happened in Catawba County it was going to be very similar to what happened in Mecklenburg County, you know, a couple hours later. So it's very important to know what what kind of damage are we looking at in Catawba County because one hour later, it's probably going to look very similar to that if we can get the same setup going. So, yeah, huge, huge. And that probably fits nicely with the station branding, right, getting results and – Kind of pursuing those avenues. Yes, I didn't I mean to get out like a consultant in that question, but it just seemed to yeah. fit in nicely to what you were saying. Getting results, yeah, I think that's that's something I, I'd like to do. I mean, you guys are giving me a good idea. It's like, like I want the community to have a voice, and I think weather people want to always have a voice, especially in weather. You know, tons of weather geeks out there. Like, I want to give them that voice. You know what I mean? So, so John. I don't know. This may be a controversial topic. Maybe not. Um, how, how did the media partners, you guys in Springfield, get along? Um, you know, did, did you guys 
go to lunch together and say, hey, do we need to work on that. I know one thing in the Charlotte area is trying to get all the TV stations on board of doing warnings the same color, this, that, and the other. How was it in Springfield? How did you guys kind of, did you, did you communicate or is it kind of every person for their, or every station for themselves? You're going to get different. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty down to earth guy. I don't take life too seriously. You know, I'm, my job's just a job. Um, I need to be competitive. Like everybody, you know, every other job, you got to be competitive. So I'm competing against like someone like Brad Panovich every day, but um, in, in, uh, in Springfield, nah, I mean, I'd say 80% of us were really close. Any event we were at, we could have great conversations. And when we had a lot of meetings with the National Weather Service in Springfield, a lot of it was because of Joplin. But it was it was kind of like meetings like, listen, don't be children. We got to save lives. Like, that's what we're doing here. And it's, it's just a good point. It's like, listen, you know, don't get mad because that station has this post that's got a million views. You know, just be happy that it has a million views because really why am I doing this? I'm doing this to protect people's lives. So I think you, you got to all come together. And I don't don't take I don't take life too seriously. So, no, I mean, I assume – and I, uh, Keith Monday, you guys know him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he reached out to me the first day I was here, and uh, there's another girl who reached out to me. People seem really welcoming here. So I'm really excited about that because I, it, it's, it, it's different in every town – but it seems like everyone's pretty friendly. You know, we're meteorologists. Come on. You know I what think, I mean? I think the Charlotte region, and, and Ricky, you've been in it, and James, you as well. I think we can all say um, all the media partners are, are really nice to one another and really work well together. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them kind of hang out together sometimes. So it, it's really not a, you know, obviously there's still a competitive aspect of it, but it's one of the more – down-to-earth regions I've found in the U.S. It's uh, not cutthroat like some markets are. Right. That's good. That makes me happy. I don't want it to be – I mean, it's cutthroat enough in here. I mean, I work in a newsroom, you know. (laughs) Talking about meteorologists, and I I promise I'll let James get back to interview, and I just – I love these in-depth conversations that we have. Um, Talk about the team that you work with there at Fox 46. We've had Nick on several times, but – uh, I know you guys have a few other meteorologists, so talk about the team that you've uh, that you've been welcomed into. All right, got a good team. Um, uh, I think what takes a team is having somebody who could. You got to pick each other's slack up like a marriage, and I think we got we have it. We have it here. Um, you need your personality. You need your guy who can get in the community. That's going to be Nick. Uh, Nick can do any story. He can get out in the community. He's amazing for that. Amanda Cox, she's our weekend evening. Um, she's, but when you're a weekend evening meteorologist, you're you're doing everything. You're probably working the hardest because you're gonna be. She's working behind scenes a lot with for me, and she's our graphics guru. Amanda can make any graphic, and you know, 20 minutes. It might take me seven hours to make that same graphic. So you need that person because I've been in a newsroom where people aren't very good at making graphics, and uh, that's not good. So. Uh, Amanda's huge there, um, and Brittany is our weekend morning, and Brittany is a double major in meteorology and physics, so she's super smart. So yeah, it's good to bounce things off of Brittany, like, hey, I'm not I'm not an idiot right now, right? This is, you know? So. I actually uh, went to school with Brittany at UNC Charlotte, her and I, uh, she was a few years ahead of me, but... Her and I were in some of the same classes, and yeah, like you said, she she's a very smart uh, woman for sure. She is. She's very smart. Sometimes I ask her, I'm like, uh, are you sure you want to be in TV? Because you are like, you should change the world." And she's fluent in uh, Spanish to a degree as well. I remember we were oh, putting some real stuff together, and uh, she did a severe thunderstorm warning recording in in Spanish. Uh, no, she had a little bit of experience in it. So I'm gonna get on her for that. That's incredible. <laughs> and then there's just me. You know, I'm kind of a little, I'm, I'm kind of a little everything, you know, you get a little, you get a little weather, you get a little graphics and you get personality. So and that's a team. I like it. It's good. And I want to dig deeper into that personality in a second. And I, I'm actually going to bring Scotty back in uh, <laughs> because he found uh, some uh, backstory on, on your dog and such, but I have to take a quick Uh-oh. time out as we come to about 10 minutes to the top of the hour and just acknowledge for anyone who may have noticed this, 
Peter, are you in like a horror movie right now? You look like somebody's going to come up behind you. And Watch out for that shirt. You're going to see somebody come through the door in a minute. Just be prepared. I know. I know. I'm waiting for somebody with the, with just the lighting. Big machete um, or something, you know. Yeah, I'm waiting, waiting for somebody with a hockey mask and a machete to come through. <laughs> It'll just be Chris Christie back on the beat. Chris Christie. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry to totally disrupt the conversation, but I think these shows. No, we needed that. The, 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 the in depth conversations, like Scotty mentioned, but also just a bunch of uh, tonight, just a bunch of fellas hanging out, uh, talking weather and. Uh, just wanted to acknowledge Peter's. I was watching him get up, sit down, move the light, sit down, get up, move the light. So, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Scott, um, I know you wanted to ask John about about his dog. He mentioned the the dog not too long ago, and and I'm wondering if uh, it is possible that uh, if the dog is not right for for prime time PM television, if maybe I don't know, Nick could take him for a walk on a Facebook video or something together with you. You know, I'm just just trying to pitch some ideas. You want me to go into the? Who yeah, Gertie I don't really is? know. That was a bad setup because I tossed to Scotty <laughs> and then I asked kind of the question at John. Has, you took the but, fun but, but That's Scotty, okay. You found you found John's dog on Facebook and uh, you yeah. found all of his uh, Springfield fame. That's right. Yeah. So John, I think you uh, when you were moving, you, you shared a post that uh, that Griffey had won some awards in Springfield and. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Griffey. I, I love dogs. I know Ricky does as well. So uh, really, uh, really happy to hear about Griffey's story. All right. So I have a beagle. He is three. So that means he was a puppy when we were in Springfield. And it was bring your dog to work day uh, three years ago. And he, we brought a bunch of toys into the station. And we just were going to let him play around, right? Whatever. No, no harm done. Well, when I was on live TV, Griffey was playing fetch with me, and there's a viral video. You can YouTube Griffey the Weather Dog. It's got millions of views. And um, once that happened, my boss is like, this is a hit. And after that, they made a green box to blend into the green screen with stairs so he can run up on the green screen. And after that moment, it was three years of – not every day, but about once or twice a week, Griffey would be on TV with me, and we just wake it up, wake people up every morning. Hey, what's up, everyone? Good morning. And then I taught Griffey how to high five and low five and do all these things. He's actually a trick dog, so he can do a lot of fun stuff. He can, like, say his prayers for raining and stuff. And uh, people fell in love with him. Uh, his fans are insane. And he won back-to-back -back awards for the best Facebook page in uh, – all of Missouri media. Wow. We'll definitely Unreal. have to share. We're going to show Griffey's uh, Facebook page on our Facebook page and Twitter, but you need to go check out some of the videos. I mean, you know, it's crazy. You know, Griffey just, he knew when to go up there and, and do his thing. So pretty awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, the truth is, I'm, all right, I got to, I just started here a month, right? I got to, you know, I got to get, get in here first, right? Get a couple months, then bring the dog. Yeah, we, we need to see Griffey. We do. Here's the thing. It's a shock when, when you start it. People are like, what the heck is going on? But trust me, it works. It's gimmicky, but people freaking love it. So, What's the number one thing that gets engagement on social media? Dog pictures, cat pictures. I've been there. I know. You, you know, it can be frustrating, though. You post a really important, like, tornado warning, like, Springfield, you're gonna die. Yeah. And then that picture gets like 20 likes. You post a picture of your baby or dog, and it's like 700. You're like, what is wrong with you? So I just put signs in front of my dog, and I'm like, tornado is possible tomorrow. And then they share that with the picture of the dog. Genius. Yeah, yeah I I can, that's good, Ricky. I, I could see this. I could see Griffey and John, you and Nick doing uh, Nick's videos. You know that he's he's well known for. I mean. I mean, we could we could get some segments like that. That would be uh, some good stuff because I, I can see that you and Nick have the same personality, which is awesome. Well, Nick has his own dogs too, I believe. He does. Yeah, he's got a husky, I believe. Huskies. Ooh, the dominant dog right there. Watch out. Does uh, Griffey go fishing with you, John? Sometimes, but I have to bring the baby with me because I can't leave her at home. So usually we leave Griffey behind now, but he used to. 
So in a few years when the baby catches bigger fish than you, uh, what's going to happen? Uh, I'm going to throw her off the boat. <laughs> in a life jacket. In a life jacket. You guys are sick. Oh. Um, does 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 the baby like weather? Thunderstorms? Uh, yeah. What's her name, by the way? It's Zoe Ziegler. Love it. Cool. Love it. So nice. does she and love thunderstorms, or does she, you know does she seem not so enthused by the sounds? We have her around a beagle, and <laughs> so she gets she never wakes up during thunderstorms. She's gonna be a pro. She's gonna fit right in with the Ziggler people. The Ziggler name. I feel like I she's gonna be like I, I see. She's gonna be a weather. She's gonna do weather too. I guarantee it. I think I think my daughter might be. She's she's three years old and and like my son Merrick, he's five. He he's kind of impartial. Like he hears it and he just kind of carries on about his own business. If it's really loud, something really close, he may he may make it some make some noise to get you know get near somebody. But she's like whoa! I mean, she loves it. She loves that stuff. I think she's gonna be. I think she's gonna be Watch the next out. one. You're gonna be like daddy. <laughs> I mean, uh, we are coming up uh, to the top of the hour. So for anyone who's joining us on YouTube, Facebook, or Periscope, uh, you can send in your questions for John. Uh, before we let him go tonight, we'll let him share his social media platform so that anyone listening on our podcast on Google Play or iTunes can follow up. Uh, Ricky's got his dog with him now because yeah, he's trying he to get the whole yes. He's a, He looks like an Australian dingo. Oh, he's cute. I know what breed he is, but we just call him our little dingo. He's about five now. And... Uh, He's talking oh. thunderstorms. So <laughs> he's like, right he down. That's a cute. He goes dog. right where that camera is too. Thanks. Looking right at us. He's Weather been, dog. He hasn't been Weather on here, but he uh, he sometimes comes and hangs out in the studio and uh, sits underneath our weather desk when I'm on air. So, he's all right, John. Awesome. So I have to ask you're you know uh, semi new to the region and a bunch of guys from the greater carolina area are on uh is there anything you've come across uh that has uh, stumped you that you're willing to admit or any any questions i mean we're not brad panovich we're not eric thomas but i think we might have some helpful information maybe for you is there anything that has really just really caught you off guard that is truly unique to the show right. weather setup oh oh weather i was gonna say this crazy oh, yeah, name. Was, or anything or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. We could Durable, do either. What the heck, guys? What? What the heck? What now? I cut you Curryville. off. Curryville. I said Churable. Um. Yes. And, uh, okay. I got a ton of hate mail. Uh, I got a ton of hate. Uh, I, people were calling in. There were storms going through uh, Salisbury. I've been saying Salisbury for three weeks. Yeah, you gotta uh -oh. say. Oh, yep. You're in the south now. You got to get yeah. it right. I tell yes. you what I did when I first moved into uh, the Tri Cities. I posted on my Facebook page. I was like, "Hey, what are some town names that I need to know?" And then people ate it up too for social because they're like, "Hey, here's my town. Don't screw it up or something." Oh yeah, they hate you if you screw it up. It's different everywhere. It's so inconsistent here. I mean, you have you have Beaufort, South Carolina, but it's Beaufort, North Carolina. Same uh. spelling. You know, have, have you called it Concord or um, what's is it? Con it's Concord, right? Concord or Concord? <laughs> is I say Concord. It's Concord, yes. Concord, and you have to have an umbrella, okay? Umbrella. <laughs> what? What is it? Umbrella. You're right. Concord. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Concord. Umbra. Speaking of Concord, yeah. do you have any racing connections or any interest in racing since you now are in the, the Charlotte metropolitan area? Listen, I'm from Minnesota, so I'm not, you know, obviously I didn't grow up with racing. Um, maybe speed skating and luge, but um, no, I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, I'll probably go to a race just to hang out. Hey, John, John, next time you come to the race, message myself or Ricky. We're the meteorologists out at the track, so yes, we'll bring you up into the command center and let you uh, meet everybody. I'm coming. <laughs> that's until not an it, offer he gives out to just anyone until it starts to rain and then it's you better you better get out of there and make sure you uh also reach out to fox next time they're in town and tell them that when it rains at charlotte because it always does every single year that you're available to right. come in on their weather uh come in on their race show and say hey it's uh raining i need to do that and i want to do that and i'm gonna hopefully be at football games too 
We yeah. need to get you in the bus racing out there, school bus racing. Ooh, the bus race. I saw that last week. Take on Matthew East. <laughs> yep. Well, I, will mess I, heard, up. I heard Josh Sims maybe needed a little help, so it'll be Josh and John next year. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. Matthew East just ripped the whole bumper off of Al Conklin's bus last week. Matthew East flipped a bus one year. <laughs> that was two years ago, right? So Matthew Matthew was delegated to work yesterday, the fourth of July, to help pay for the uh, damages that he created last week. So. <laughs> uh, one thing, all right. So I'm not used to this many pop-up storms, and it's the worst forecasting it because you every model's different, right? And there's no. What's tough is you don't have any jet influence here in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So I've always had jet influence. Now I don't have jet influence. So it's very weird. Wait for the nighttime. Wait for your nocturnal jetting at night, especially with distant cold fronts to the west, just over the Appalachians, maybe even spilling down the east side. But sometimes you get this, this overnight. We get it at the coast all the time here. Even a whole state away where you where cold front is, you'll get this nocturnal jetting going on. Um, and even up in outer banks, especially right now, uh, you, know, you get these undulating fronts, these cold fronts that sort of just approach and you get the Piedmont, you get this nocturnal jet going on there. So some of your activities at nighttime, like Ricky brought up earlier, there's nocturnal storms with you know, QLCS, a lot of spin to them. They're here at the coastline. We don't get quite that degree of storm with a high enough. We have such a high warm layer that it doesn't allow that much ice development for um, the more severe storms. But we get these really cool water spouts in the morning here. We get this Delta T set up along the coastline with a lineup right offshore land breezes is really really cool so um yeah that's um there, there's there are there's some jetting profile low level jetting during the daytimes there you'll get it off the lakes near the bodies of water and uh yeah so good luck up there in charlotte and if you have any thank you any help from the coastline right here especially in the winter when you get into your cold wedges your cold damming uh even some of the winter storm events uh, some of our effects here from the coast have a direct connection to you in charlotte all right, I'm gonna. I have some reading to do and some talking to do, so I will talk with you. It's all and about connections. Any time, Shay's your tropical expert too. I mean, he's he's got it all going down there in Charleston. And I think what Scott will tell you is those, info. Those, those <laughs> foothills too. Those foothills will play with will play with those storms quite a bit. That's right. You come Make up here. It. We'll help you out, John. You uh, move your way up to the foothills. We'll. We'll show you around. Do, and do you get like gravity wave influence? We have yeah. a little bit of everything. <laughs> Man, it's just a different world for me here. I, I pulled up my like textbooks, you know, from my college, but I've it been, a bit, I've been Midwest. Those don't work here. Yeah, oh, okay. You, you got to just learn by learn by experience here. <laughs> you got right. the, the Carolina Wedge. You have your yeah. uh, high, high shear low cape events. Those are always fun. Um, yeah. those, those, those create headaches in the, around Cold here. Cold air damming, warm nosing, yep. sea breathing that affects the, the Piedmont inland troughing that helps, uh, enhance sea breezes at the coast. It all feeds off each other. So, um, yeah, you guys up in the mountains there from like Scotty, uh, on over to Charlotte and the Raleigh, I'd say Raleigh's a little bit further east than, than those effects, but, uh, you get a lot of spill down from the mountains. You have down sloping effects and, and all kinds of really cool things that happen up that way. So yeah, man. But you know, we've um, we've all been here for a few years. You got Brad, you got Nick, you got a lot of support up that way. And um, Nita's, I'll I'll drop you my info, and, and I'm sure the other guys will too. I was gonna tell you, don't don't plan anything in October because we always have a big event in October. Ooh, I mean, we've had historic flooding for the past two years, right? Shay, has it been two or three? Yeah, October 2015 was our huge yeah. event. We did have one last year, and I mean that that's a that's a a common thing every year. We have one big rain event right smack dab in the middle of the fall. Uh, it seems to happen. So we, you know, it, it, the tropics don't want to die. You get the Gulf moisture. You still have the subtropical jet. You have moisture aloft. You get uh, all kinds of really cool. Well, I wouldn't say cool. I'd say unique, but dangerous situations. Yeah, South Carolina got bubbled just two years ago, and it was not far outside the Charlotte DMA. You know, Man. one model shift, or if you had picked a different model run, it would have been a whole whole nother ball game. Uh, we, just, we are at nine o'clock right now, and John's got a newscast coming up in an hour, and he's got pop up storms he's watching on his radar. So before we let him go, John, 
I want to give you a chance to uh, share your social media information. Let folks who uh, might be watching or listening to this week's show, let them know how they can find you and interact with you directly. All right. Uh, type. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, my main two. I don't really dabble in Instagram because uh, Griffey the Weather Dog was my Instagram account. But uh, Okay, you can follow me at John Ziegler WX on Twitter. And if you search John Ziegler, it's Z-E-I-G-L-E-R-E before the I. Uh, you can search John Ziegler WX and I'll pop up there. I think my page is meteorologist John Ziegler Fox something. I have way too many letters in that Facebook name. Meteorologist John Ziegler, John Ziegler, Fox 46. That that sounds about right. I think we tagged it ourselves, uh, and it did take me a second to, to find it. I was like, there are quite a, quite a few letters there. But if it was uh, Wheel of Fortune, you'd be rich. I would be. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't think about I, I didn't think about when I changed it. I was like, ah, and they only let you change it once a year. So that's what it is. Uh, any other questions from our panel tonight? Yep, I got one thing to share though. Uh, National Weather Service Charleston reports from 8.30 to 8.35 p.m. almost 7,000 lightning strikes with storms near and northwest of Hinesville struck. So 7,000 strikes within a five minute time. They're telling people to stay off corded phones and don't touch electrical equipment as these nocturnal storms form and uh, really give off some, some serious energy. So if you have a thunderstorm with a, with a high lightning, event coming your way try to, to heed heed those warnings i have something to share as well um you know this is uh, appropriate i think oh, you stole my thunder i know i did <laughs> I I was doing too. uh new from helicity design south carolina where fronts come to die they, they did were it they were awesome. watching they were watching our show tonight and they just made the t-shirt so yeah scotty good one on you 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 made a plug at it and, and tagged me on that on twitter and they went ahead and made the shirt so i'm gonna go ahead and order it and remember <laughs> if you use our code carolina you get 20 percent off so nice i like now, it who, who said it i know we said it earlier was it scotty shay said, said it and shay i just said it? i just i just tweeted the guys there and i said hey our, our our colleague just came up with something and bang there's a shirt right there <laughs> Wow. Can I put can I put Shay Gibson like underneath that? I mean, it's I didn't make up the phrase. Everybody knows it happens here. It's hey, just Shay, you I gotta, think you got to trade. Somebody's got to trademark that phrase. Shay, you may get you may get a free product out of that. You might want to message them and say, hey. Well, <laughs> City Designs, if you're watching, I want I want a dozen of those shirts right away. <laughs> I want them all colors and in all sizes. And I think that's South Carolina, <laughs> isn't that South Carolina Crimson? Yeah. So there you go, Gamecock colors. Yep. All right. Well, John, it's been a pleasure having you on tonight. We uh, we really do appreciate that. You guys have been awesome. Thanks for having me on. We'll have to have you back on some other time. We'll uh, we'll talk about some weather now that you now that you've been seasoned into uh, into the Carolinas. Well, thank you. It's been great talking to you guys. I mean, who else am I going to learn the weather from, right? Bunch of geeks, man. That's what I need in my life. <laughs> We're here every Wednesday night. So if you ever want to come geek out with us, be oh, I watched. I've watched. We'll, we'll get them on right in the, right as a, a winter storm morning begins, and we'll get them on the show. And, I'll and be have freaking out. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, can I leave you with one tip before we go? And this sure. is coming from uh, it's somebody who used to work in that building. I just want to leave you with this tip. When you come to those snow events and you have to spend the night in the station, you want dibs on the copy room. Over in the oh. front, there's a door that closes. You get your own little room to yourself. The copy oh. makes a little noise, but... Wonderful. That's, that's my one tip I wanted to share. What a delight. <laughs> there's nothing better than an air mattress and a copy room floor to go along with a snowstorm. No, there's nothing better than sleeping over for a snowstorm. There's nothing better. Yeah. Uh, Scotty, I think you have our upcoming schedule, if I'm not mistaken. Who's joining us next week? I, I don't know who's <laughs> joining us. <laughs> we are actually talking about, uh, we're talking about communicating flood threats, but we, uh, Shay and I have been working with, with the folks uh, who has put out this article, and we've not got a confirmation of who's actually coming on the show. We just know someone's coming on to talk about uh, communicating flood threats. So uh, that's next week, and then after that, we're going to be talking about rip current safety as a, this is the prime time to, uh, to go down to the coast and, and enjoy the ocean. So uh, Carl Barnes from the uh, National Weather Service in Charleston and Sandy LaCourt from the National Weather Service in Wilmington will be joining us then. And then I think Shay is working on a hurricane show for the 26th of July, 
And then as we uh, come into August, we're going to have uh, the National, Nashville Severe Weather Group, Nash Severe Weather uh, from Twitter on with us. And we're also going to have uh, Reynolds Wolf from the Weather Channel. Uh, he's going to be joining us towards the end of August to talk about, um, just kind of talk about uh, shooting uh, live shots and stuff in the field, kind of talk about some of the uh, obstacles that they uh, come up with as, as they're out in the field trying to give us those uh, live shots. So that's kind of a look at what's coming up with the Carolina Weather Group. As always, uh, if you have something you want us to talk about or have some guests that you want us to uh, feature on our show, reach out to us on Twitter. We'll be able to uh, kind of uh, send out some emails and some tweets and uh, try to get your uh, guest of uh, choice on our show. So uh, that's all I got for the schedule. Uh, James, I'll toss it back to you. Thank you, Scotty. Thanks again to uh, John Ziegler, the new chief meteorologist at Fox 46 Television here in Charlotte for uh, coming on tonight. And uh, welcome again to the Carolinas. Uh, and we want to thank our audience for uh, listening each and every week. You can check out our podcast on Google Play or iTunes or, of course, live right here on Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube each week. And you can find us throughout the week. Uh, at carolinaweathergroup.com. Matter of fact, we are watching uh, a few thunderstorms right now, still rolling through uh, the central northern part of North Carolina, north of Greensboro, coming into Durham. Uh, and you can see that on our radar at carolinaweathergroup.com. So uh, thanks again for joining us. Be sure to find John on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, don't forget to look up uh, the weather dog as well. Uh, on behalf of everyone here at the Carolina Weather Group, I'm James. Have a good night. and We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>